Hello, welcome to another episode of the Desi EM Project. This is Ankur, and today I'll be shining some light on anaphylaxis. Now we all know that it is a serious systemic allergic reaction, and if it's not treated really quickly, it can lead to disasters like cardiovascular collapse and death. But then anaphylaxis is also one of those syndromes where if if you've caught on quickly and you've treated them quickly, all the symptoms can be rapidly reversed also. Now, as, as emergency physicians, when these patients come up in the emergency department, your care will involve appropriately triaging these patients, the administration of epinephrine, and the management of your ABCs, which is your airway, breathing, and circulation. Don't forget, intramuscular epinephrine is the mainstay of anaphylactic treatment. You know, patients in shock, if, if your anaphylaxis patients go into anaphylactic shock, then intravenous epinephrine will be necessary. And then you'll have uh, your, your other supportive medication that you need to give, like bronchodilators, your corticosteroids and antihistamines. You can also think about glucagon and vasopressors uh, in case your anaphylaxis is refractory to epinephrine. And do not forget to keep a check on the airway of the patient. And because the airway management would be the key if there are any signs of airway obstruction that can happen to a lot of patients who have anaphylaxis. Now, uh, I mean, a patient for airway obstruction because of anaphylaxis uh, would usually have some of the risk factors like a history of cardiopulmonary diseases, a history of asthma, peanut or tree nut allergies, or even, uh, you know, uh, seafood allergies, advanced age, delayed presentations, and mast cell diseases. Uh, these are the ones who can become really sick if they get an anaphylactic reaction. Always remember to check for respiratory distress because that may be secondary to bronchospasms or upper airway obstructions. You can have strider, drooling, and uh, you know tongue and facial edema, and these are really ominous signs which are suggestive of an impending airway obstruction. If a patient comes in with these, do not forget your epinephrine and your airway management come first before anything else. And there should be a very, very low threshold to secure the airway in these patients. Do not, do not think twice about intubating such patients. And you should always be prepared for a difficult intubation because this is going to be one of those really bad anatomically difficult intubation. But if you've prepped properly, if you have airway checklists with you, you'll be able to handle it properly. Uh, uh, I'll go through a flowchart. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to cite this paper, which has a really nice flowchart regarding uh, treatment for anaphylaxis. So if you have a patient who comes in and you're thinking that the, this patient's got uh, anaphylactic reaction, do not forget your ABCs. Start with that. You know, evaluate your air, when you're breathing, and your circulation. You already know how to do that. Get your IVs in. Keep the patient on a cardiac and oxygen monitoring. If you think that the patient is hypoxic, give them supplemental oxygenation. And if the patient is hypotensive, you can start them on uh, fluid resuscitation and give them intramuscular epinephrine. Right Now, if the patient, after giving IM epinephrine, I'll be telling you the doses later on, if the patient with IM epinephrine gets better, uh, you can give your supportive management like uh, corticosteroids or H1 or H2 blockers or beta agonists if and when needed. And if there is any additional uh, need for monitoring, like if there is a severe presentation when the patient uh, came to your ED, 
if there are risk factors for biphasic reactions, they have cardiopulmonary comorbidities, or if they have previous histories of similar reactions, uh, then you can consider observation. And if they have none of these, you can discharge them on medications, especially uh, EpiPen. Now, that's difficult to get in India, uh, but usually anaphylactic patients should be discharged with a prescription for uh, the automated uh, epinephrine injectors. Uh, if the resolution of symptoms were not there or they were incomplete, you can repeat your intramuscular epinephrine uh, three times every five minutes. If the patient ends up hypotensive, uh, give your fluids. And if the patient still remains hypotensive, that means the patient is in anaphylactic shock and you would want to give IV epinephrine boluses and infusion and obviously admit to the ICU. If the patient has refractory shock, you've, you've been giving IV epinephrine, uh, then you also check if the patient is on beta blockers and you can give the patients uh, you know, glucagon or start them on vasopressors like norepinephrine or phenylephrine or vasopressin. If there are obviously any signs of upper airway obstruction, you prepare for a difficult airway. Uh, I'll be talking about that in a little bit and you admit them to the ICU after you've managed the airways for these patients. Right, uh, I mean, uh, if the patients have an incomplete resolution of symptoms uh, but are hemodynamically stable but you still have some rashes or GI symptoms, uh, you can give uh, you could start them on the other adjunctive medications like steroids and H1S2 blockers or beta agonists, and you can ad admit them for observation if required. So, uh, that's like a basic flowchart. I'm going to uh, cite the article where I've uh, spoken to you guys about this from. Uh, you can go through that. And now, if you go uh, look at the epinephrine, so the initial dosing in adults do not wait for uh, your IV canvas to be in, uh, get your uh, epinephrine loaded and you could give 0.3 to 0.5 milligrams intramuscular of a 1 is 2000 uh, strength of epinephrine uh, every five minutes right so every five minutes you can give 0.3 to 0.5 milligrams intramuscular 1 is 2000 uh, epinephrine if the patient is in severe hypotension or shock you can give IV boluses of 10 to 20 mics of uh, uh, IV push every two to five minutes how do you get uh, epinephrine and micrograms, you can take 1 ml of 1 is to 10,000 epinephrine and add that to 9 milliliters of uh, syringe of normal saline and that becomes a 10 microgram per ml solution. So if you want to give an IV bolus of 10 to 20 micrograms IV push, you would need to give 1 to 2 ml of that solution. So if your patient is in anaphylactic shock, uh, you start them on fluids and you give them IV boluses of epinephrine. If you don't have your cannulas in, keep give them 0 0.3 to 0 0.5 mi uh, milligrams of in, of uh, epinephrine intramuscularly. One is two thousand. Don't forget, right? Uh, so you have uh, uh, other other medications uh, that can be given, right? So you have a lot of adjunctive medications that can be given uh, anaphylaxis along with your uh, epinephrine, and uh, these these are your second line drugs like your corticosteroids, the most commonly one, the most common one that we use in India are hydrocortisone, right? So you can give about 200 to 500 milligrams intramuscularly or uh, intravenously uh, to your patients who come in. You can also give them uh, diphenhydramine or cetrazine. Uh, so diphenhydramine, you can give about 25 to 50 milligrams, IV, IM, or even PO over five minutes. Uh, you can also give them H2 blockers. So we use a lot, lot of H2 blockers also. So you can give ranitidine, 50 milligrams IV or oral or through the oral route. And you can also nebulize them with uh, bronchodilators like albutrol or, uh, 
albuterol, uh, salbutamol, or even ipratropium bromide. You can you can use uh, those also in your anaphylactic uh, patients. So keep a watch. I mean, whenever a patient comes in and if they're hemodynamically stable, uh, just have cutaneous reactions. You can start off with these second line drugs. But if you think that the symptoms are severe, they're wheezing, they have uh, an impending airway obstruction, start off with your epinephrine and not with your second line drugs. And then you can de-escalate. Remember, the most uh, important cause of death in anaphylaxis is the wrong dose at the wrong time of epinephrine. So don't don't be too late in giving epinephrine. Uh, you can give it straight away. Now, if you talk about airway management in such patients, you know, one of the most dangerous manifestations of anaphylaxis is airway edema. You know, the presentation may range from just a minor lip swelling to strider, drooling, even asphyxia. Patients with any signs of obstruction should be treated, like I mentioned before, with intramuscular epinephrine and airway management should be your priority. Now, whether you want to perform a rapid sequence intubation or a delayed sequence intubation or an, or an awake intubation totally lies uh, you know, on the intubator as to how comfortable he or she is, uh, what your resources are, what your support system is. I personally would be prepping for an awake intubation with a double setup for a, for a crike if need be. I mean, I can convert an awake into an RSI if required, uh, but I would definitely be preparing, preparing for an awake intubation and also preparing the neck of the patient in case uh, I, I don't see anything inside. But you do not want a cannot intubate, cannot oxygenate a situation in these cases. Uh, definitely use an airway checklist. You know, you can use, you can have your video laryngoscopes ready, your bougie, and a lot of smaller sized endotracheal tubes because sometimes you would uh, require a smaller size tube uh, when, if, if you have airway edema, which you come across, you know. Like I mentioned, the neck should be prepared prior to intubation and the provider should be prepared to proceed immediately to a crike if intubation is unsuccessful. I, I'm going to do an episode on how to manage the anaphylactic airways uh, soon, probably uh, the next one, you know, what drugs to use and how to anesthetize the airways for an awake intubation. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting episode since airway is something that I have a lot of interest in. Uh uh, don't, do not forget about biphasic reactions when you have anaphylactic patients. You know, a biphasic anaphylactic reaction refers, it's basically the recurrence of symptoms. Uh, you would have seen it in a lot of people that you know who've, who've had an allergic reaction. They take some medicines and they feel better and the next they have it again. So, you know, so, the, so a biphasic reaction is basically the recurrence of symptoms after the initial episode of anaphylaxis has resolved without any further exposure to the triggers, right? So, I mean, the pathogenesis behind these reactions is still not completely understood uh, but one should know that these can these can happen you know now if you're discharging your patients you know it's, it's not uncommon for you to discharge your patients uh, uh, with a prescription of antihistamines and steroids uh, but this has not been shown to reduce potential symptom recurrence and it is not a uniform uh, recommendation across any any across any guidelines so basically, the routine prescription of corticosteroids and you know a standing dose of antihistamines at discharge is actually not recommended if the symptoms of your patients are completely resolved. The only prescription they should actually be getting is an auto-injector of epinephrine in case they have an anaphylactic reaction again. They should carry it with them. 
so this was a short and sweet uh, episode regarding uh, anaphylaxis and the drugs which are required. Again, I'm going to reiterate the most common cause of death in anaphylaxis is the wrong dose of epinephrine at the wrong time. You know, uh, you, what you can take away from this episode is, uh, you know, just, just some of the points that anaphylaxis can very, very rapidly progress to cardiac arrest and should be triaged quickly and promptly. Intramuscular epinephrine, like I've said before, again, is the core of the treatment. It is underutilized uh, due to a lot of other concerns, but yeah, underutilized and then it becomes the most common cause of death. You know, uh, you, you, you're always there if, if, if a patient suffers from a dysrhythmia uh, because of uh, epinephrine, you can take care of that. But then if the patient goes into cardiac arrest because of anaphylaxis, it's very difficult to bring them back. Uh, you know, uh, corticosteroids, antihistamines, inhaled bronchodilators uh, should not be given in place of epinephrine. They are called second-line drugs for a reason. You need to start off with your first-line drug, which is epinephrine. If, if the patient is in severe anaphylaxis and, and anaphylactic shock with, with a really bad um, uh, airway uh, and uh, a lot of dyspnea, hypoxia, respiratory symptoms, uh, these become your second-line drugs, not your first-line drug. Now, uh, epinephrine uh, IV bolus or infusion should be used in for patients who are in uh, anaphylactic shock, right? But, I mean, if you're still waiting for your IV cannula to be in, start them off with intramuscular uh, uh, dosing rather than wait for the cannula to be in. Uh, also, intubation may be necessary in case of severe airway obstruction. Uh, but uh, remember that this is going to be a difficult airway. So awake intubation would probably be the safest and the most preferred method for patients to be taken care of with, with impending or a progressive airway obstruction due to anaphylaxis. So thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, my next episode is going to be on how to manage the anaphylactic airways. Uh, stay tuned for that. Keep listening to the DCEM project. Thanks. Cheers.